Hi, everybody, and welcome to Like, Click and Share podcast. Um, I'm Darren Winter, and uh, with me today are Gemma Walton, and we've got a special guest, um, Andy Reid. Hi, both. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. So we've got no Emma. Emma's abandoned us uh, because she's, yeah, Gemma's shaking her head here. It's a sore subject. We're it is talking. a really sore subject. <laughs> um, so yeah, Emma's not here. She's absolutely frantically flat out um, with the business, and it's been, been a really busy summer. And her kids have got COVID, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a nightmare for her. Um, but after the summer break, um, me and Gemma finally got our act together, and we um, kind of roped in um, a bit of a, a colleague. So Andy Reid from Resilient Business Systems in Darlington in the UK, in North Yorkshire. If you don't know where that is, look it up on Google. It's in a nice part of the world. Um, how are you doing, Andy? All good, Darren. All good. Pleasure to meet you and you, Gemma, as well. So, nice to meet you, Andy. Uh, yeah, very good. It's, uh, it's a very busy day, but pleasure to, uh, pleasure to be on here. And thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. And we're bringing in Andy really to speak to us about uh, IT. And if you're thinking, oh, this is going to be such a boring podcast, you've not uh, you've not met Andy Reid before because <laughs> he makes the most he, he makes the most boring things sound really quite exciting and really engaging. And he's got some really good stories to tell. So yeah, that's, that's right, a good Darren. Put me on that pedestal, ready for that fall. No pressure, Andy. No pressure. No, none, none no. at all. He's telling us he's got his own podcast show, so I'm just trying to set him up to fail. That's really oh. what's going to happen. Like, to bring, build him up and thinking, that's a rubbish show. It's like, you that's need to come it. and listen, to, like, click and share. Absolutely. So, no, all seriously, so you, you've, you've been running, or you own Resilient Business System, IT support business. You've been in it for 25 years, is that right? Yeah, uh, 2005, I, uh, I set the business up. Same year as I proposed to my wife. I've only got one year to remember then. <laughs> so was that deliberate then Andy yeah, yeah. I, I, I finished my job where I was currently at Gemma then decided to set up resilient then decided to propose to my wife so I was like you know let's all do it in one year I, I, I like a challenge but it does mm-hmm. mean when anybody asks me about a year I've only got one year to remember. remember 2005 smart, smart. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so for those who are doing the maths there that wasn't 25 years it's about <laughs> no. 17 years yeah, just to make, you know, make that no, clear but I, was, I was running resilient a long time before I officially set it up um, right. so I was working in my existing job um, and it was one of those things that you know uh, my boss at the time god bless him uh, very supportive uh, wanted to make resilient run and work as a business but uh, as I was saying he was very supportive and allowed me to work um, with him in his business and as long as I did my job kept giving me a few hour, uh, hours here and there when I could just like nip off and do things so it was great so I actually set up resilient up running parallel with my existing job to the point where I thought yeah you know what I'm I can actually make a living out of this and then decided to make the break so yeah you're absolutely right 2005 was set up but I've been running it a long time before that so that's a really interesting start to your business then. So for those of people who are kind of thinking, oh, shall I, is it now the time to make the break and, and start out on my own? Or do I kind of like, should I kind of wait out a bit? So you did it in a slightly, you kind of built a little bit business up first and then kind of leapt off. But then your boss was quite supportive of that at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, oddly enough, it's it's a thing that I believe People don't do nowadays and obviously you mm. know Darren I've known you a long time um, it, it is a basically a case of you talk to people so me and my boss then uh, were very close we were close friends outside of work so one day 
approached him and said, look, I'm thinking of doing this. Um, what do you feel? He'd obviously run his business successfully for years and years and years. And it was a really good thing. Uh, you know, I suppose people could could sit there and like you intimated, I was like, should I, shouldn't I? How do I tell the boss? I just came out and said it. And I, look, I'm thinking of doing this. And he was absolutely, oh, what a fantastic idea, Andy. That's really good. And he was very, very supportive. So without him, I don't think that I, uh, I would have been able to to make resilient work, but having the confidence to actually attempt to set it up. And, you know, and, and he was great as well, because he was like, look, Andrew, if it doesn't work, that's fine. No hard feelings. You've, you've tried to do it. You've, you've not done it behind my back, or you've not tried to do it as a side. You know, believe you could have got yourself into that situation. Why haven't you done this, Andy? And you're like, oh, God, it was because I was too busy working on my new company. I didn't want that, um, Darren. So decided to come straight out, ask him, and honestly, couldn't have asked for a better boss at that time. Uh, yeah. And that was the foundation of Resilient Growing because I knew I could make it work and I had that time to make it work. Uh, and he was very supportive in saying that. And we agreed a timescale, got within that timescale, got within that point where I thought, yes, I can make a living. Okay, so cutting everybody's wages, as I'm sure every business owner knows. But I was confident that I could make it work. And from that day, growing from strength to strength. So, I mean, was there any doubts in those first couple of years when you thought, well, you know, maybe this isn't going to kind of work how I thought it was going to work? Did you have, did you have plans for how it was going to scale out or did you not really not even think about that at that time? Again, very good question. I think I, I am a very positive person. Um, I always see, you know, um, everybody tells, says, um, is the glass half full or half empty? And I'm like, what, do you mean there's an empty glass somewhere? It's like, it's always got to be full. It's always got to be overflowing. And from that point of view, I suppose my demeanor, my, 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 my pure passion of wanting to do the right thing for people, it, it carries a lot. I can work with a lot of customers and we're human. I can make a genuine mistake with something. But because I am that open with people, you know, I'll be the first to, to, to ring you up, Darren. Okay, Darren, we've, we've agreed to do this. I've made an error. I'm really sorry. This is what the impact is to you. This is what I think I can do to fix it. And as long as you have that attitude, uh, I think that's like it carries a lot. So I wanted to make it work. And I made sure that I had the right people around me, my ex-boss, my wife. Um, and that really carried a lot. And I was very, very confident. And I suppose the other thing as well is that my wife, Michelle, she brings a lot of balance. I'll be the first to go, why, let's go, yay, gung-ho. Um, Michelle will be the one holding me back on the reins going, whoa, 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 hang on. Have you thought about this and have you thought about that? And that really does bring a good balance. You know, we talk about balances in, in businesses a lot. You, you have to have that entrepreneurial person. You know, you have to have that person that's constantly driving. But without the people in the background to make it work and steady the ship, it, it never will work. And I believe in Resilient now. I mean, it was just me and Michelle now uh, back then. Now we're up to about six to eight people very shortly. Um, having those people behind me, to be honest, Darren, knowing that I can go, right, let's go, but look behind me and go, actually, things are okay. They're running okay. I'm actually happy with that. And I've got those people behind me now that I feel as though I can, you know, keep on going. And goodness me, over the last couple of uh, last couple of months, even with yourself down about the the automation and things like that, yeah. I'm constantly sat there going, "Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, that's interesting." And you know, we were we were laughing just before we went live about you know what's it like to be that sort of like 
constant go. Um, I find it incredibly exciting and it's always about looking for that next thing that I believe will change or affect people or make their businesses work and how I can bring that to my end customers in a non-technical jargon type way. So yeah, in, in answer to your question, I suppose I always had my doubts, but I'm always that person like, hey, if I have a doubt, I'll go back to finding a job. I'll, I'll, I'll work in a supermarket. No disrespect to supermarket workers, but I think you've got to have that attitude. And obviously, I'm speaking to an owner of a company anyway. You've got to have sometimes that, okay, I tell you what, let's let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think you, you've got to have that. You're either doing it or you're not. And if you're going to do it, you've got to commit to it. I, I, I in, in, fact, in fact, just before you came on, that was a conversation we were just I was just having with Gemma mm-hmm. about um, kind of a, a particular situation, and um, and in that situation, it, it's interestingly that uh, that was what was lacking from that conversation, and the fact that you, you, there was kind of a lot of hesitation. Um, and I think if you generally are quite an apprehensive person, or you just don't believe in what you're doing, then you need to go back to why you first started the business out you know what what that you know maybe you've kind of gone off course or you've lost a bit of focus or you know some something that might have happened um during your life but you need to go back to a point where actually everything was good and then try to understand the kind of what's happened um and then to be able to get things back on track again either in the way that you wanted them to be or in a different direction to something that you're more comfortable with um, but you, yeah, I agree with you. You definitely have to have that. Yeah, I'm doing it and getting on. Um, get oh, down absolutely, with it. absolutely, Darren. And I've always, I've always made myself a promise that you know the business has been uh, in my in my eyes successful. And you know, Touchwood, I do feel that. But I made myself the promise that if I ever woke up one day and went, <sighs> you know, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do my job. Then surely I must be doing something wrong. And again, so far, however many days there are in. 15 odd years i've never once done that um and i think i'd like to continue to that and certainly the atmosphere that's within the office with the new people that we've got on board it's a fun atmosphere we all enjoy each other's company we all enjoy the work and certainly the the inbuilt uh, office guys it's like andy it's impossible to do anything with you all around purely because i like to have that hey so what were you doing darren you know and I, i'll have a conversation for 10 minutes about what you did at the weekend and i'm like why are you still talking to me You've got that job to do. Get on with it. And they're all like, yeah, go on, Andy. But it's that whole making sure that everybody that works for me or with me enjoys their job. Otherwise, I'm like, why are you working for me? You've got to enjoy this. Otherwise, it's no fun for you, nor is it any fun for me. Well, Gemma, you, you used to work on um, support helplines for businesses as well, didn't you, in a kind of bit of a former life? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I was just going to say there, Andy, I think it's really interesting what you were saying about when the business started and stuff and how supportive the guy was that you were working for and the fact that he sounded very much more like a collaborator, which is something I think that's only come out recently for businesses working together and collaboration and collaboration being key. Because I think back then and even before then, businesses were quite protective over what they were doing weren't they you didn't really tell people what you were up to it was more just about you you didn't want people stealing your customers you didn't want to publish certain things you didn't want to have like your prices and stuff out there um whereas recently it's been more about the collaboration he seems to have been quite a forward-thinking person and not senior as not senior as somebody who was going to steal his customers wanted to help you and 
only thought it's been like beneficial to both of you really no absolutely and what's uh, what's a really nice thing now janet is that he's subsequently he recently uh, not recently sorry he sold his company so to speak and then he's you know he's gone out on his own and type things and what's really interesting is that now he's set up his other business um where he's a consultant and if you like the roles are reversed he's right. come back to me and said can you look after my it for me andy so now he's one of my customers and through his consultancy business, um, you know, God bless him, he's gone into other customers, um, spoken about the way that they work, uh, advised them that potentially they could improve on some of the processes through IT. And then when they've asked him, like, well, who do you recommend? He's like, I wouldn't recommend anybody else but Andy. And I think it's all about that open uh, mm -hmm. relationship you've got. Um, you know, and as I say, I've, no, I've known Darren for quite a while and that's been a lovely relationship we've got. Um, but I've never been uh, one not to share things, Gemma. Um, I've had customers, I've had IT, other IT mm -hmm. companies, you know, uh, where they've spoken to me. I remember a conversation a few years back where they were asking for my help. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I'll tell you how to do it. And I did almost sense in his voice the rep that was like, what, you'll just tell me how to do it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah why, why would I protect? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you could go onto Google, you could find out what you want to do. But I'm happily give you that. There is no place in this world for those people. Like it's mine. I, mm -hmm. I, I you know, I really, I, I really rebel at people like that. If you ask me a question, I do, I wouldn't care. I would give you the answer. I would train you up on that answer and say, there you go. And that's how to do it in the future. Now I believe you're under your own steam. The key for me though, Gemma, is that because I do that with a lot of my customers and a lot of my friends, mm -hmm. I feel is that's better. They yeah. come back to me and go, Andy, you helped me. Can you help me with this now? Mm -hmm. And I insist that I have to pay this time. And that's a really, really nice feeling to have. So, the, so, so how has your IT business, sort of, or how has IT support changed in the last sort of 17 years? What were you doing back in 2005 that maybe is different to what you're doing now? Is it just the technology or is it just the things that people are asking you um, in terms of the support that they're looking for has changed? I think... I think from, from my point of view, Darren, back then, everything was local. Everything was either a server-based or it was stored locally on your PC. And nobody really, nobody really knew about the web or the cloud. Yes, they had a website. Yes, they knew that emails were hosted on the web, but everything was local. You know, we all remember, and certainly I do from my early days prior to this other company, you know, you used to walk in and then the server room was that thing that hummed. You know, mm -hmm. and it just generated a, an unimaginable amount of heat. And, you know, and you always saw the guy who, you know, had to come in there with cables wrapped around his neck and, and plugging things in. And, oh, it just was back then, it was a case of everything was central. Everything was on site and it had to be that way. And everybody used to come into the office. Nowadays, everything is cloud-based. And yeah. we have people working from a smartphone. We have people working from a Mac, a Chromebook, a Linux book, a Windows Surface, uh, you know, whatever it may be. I think for me, the swing in terms of local to cloud centric is, you know, the, the buzzword that people use is massively different. And I know probably about four or five years ago, um, myself and Michelle, we made the decision that we wouldn't have a server anymore. And we went, right, well, embrace this. Back then it was this, what's this thing called SharePoint and Teams? So we embraced it. Uh, Touchwood, frankly, I did. Of course, everybody's now. <laughs> Why am I not in Teams? Why am I not in SharePoint? 
Um, but that should be the massive difference, I, I would think. Instead of this huge server that was in the corner and you had to maintain, everything is now cloud-based. And as far as I'm concerned, I say to people, what's your device of choice? You know, do you have internet? Right, you can crack on. And, you know, again, I know you're a Mac user yourself, Darren. Whether you yep. use a Mac or whether I use Windows, we converse on in Teams or on Zoom. You're in a Mac, I'm on a Windows machine. We share files, we upload things, we collaborate together using your word, Gemma. And it makes no difference. And, you know, even, even a few weeks back, we had a, a, a meeting where one of the customers had to join from his mobile phone because he was late from a customer. But he just literally put the, uh, put the smartphone on his desk cam hit the button, parked in the car park, and went, right, I'm, I'm joined here. You know, I'll, I'll join from my smartphone. And again, nobody nobody recognized that. I was like, wow, he's parked up in a car. And when we were sending documents, you could see him going, just do that. And do, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I've not got any problems with that. To me, that's like fascinating. You know, it really does mean where it'll go in the future. Uh, who knows? Uh, although the most common thing is I always get, why is my printer not working? That's always seems still. to be the most. Still, my printer's not working, Andy. Like, why doesn't it work? Yeah, I can't. I can't help that. Sorry. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, you started say two thousand five, so that's two years before the iPhone launch, which was two thousand and seven. Um, and I think somebody, I think it was yesterday. I think it was ten years um, of the death of Steve Jobs. Obviously, wow. the kind of the, you know every kind of I suppose they acknowledge that every year, but sort of ten years. That's how much has changed, you know, to think, you know, I don't think people were really that savvy on the internet, internet back in 2005, 2006. No. No. And how much is like, somebody said to me the other day, it might have been you, Gemma, it's like, is it Google was 23 was, years old? Google was 23. I don't know whether, no, it wasn't this Monday. It was last Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, I was telling you because you were like, what? Years old. <laughs> uh -huh. Wow. And that's incredible. And I, it feels like it's been there Forever. forever. Yeah, and like you know, what did what did we do beforehand? But obviously, I mean, I was at school, and that sounds how how old was I? Do I sound now? But when I was at school, we didn't have phones, we didn't have like, we had computers, but we didn't when have I, abacus. I was, was going to say, did not just have an abacus? <laughs> abacus. That's very harsh, Jeff. Harsh, but true. I, <laughs> I had a big tablet, and I had to knock the words out on the stone. <laughs> I remember we had BBC micros in the in, oh, like, in the, in the classrooms. Oh, my very first computer, my very very first computer, BBC micro. Oh, I, I I used to have a. I think I had at home. I had a Commodore sixty four, and then a Commodore one twenty eight, and then a Commodore Amiga, and then I kind of I bought the Amiga CD thirty two, which is probably the biggest flop of all time, and then I think they went bankrupt or or something kind of shortly afterwards. No, um, I started off with the BBC micro, and then. I got an unknown back then, a Texas TI-99-4A, um, which was like, you know, nobody knew what that was. They all had Spectrums or Commodores. But the reason I wanted it is because I could program it in BASIC. And I yes. really had this passion for programming. And then um, I jumped from the Texas TI-99-4A, uh, as I said, to a, a, bit, a better BBC, a BBC B+. Uh, and I used to program burn EEPROMs and write my own. I wrote my mum's first catalogue programme so that when she would do, um, you know, I'll buy this now, and it would automatically work out how many payments and things like that. And if she wow. paid a little bit extra, how it automatically brought it back. So I knew I was destined for something in the computer. But 
then uh, I saved up on my very first job and I bought the very first IBM X86. It's a huge beast of a thing. I think I had to reinforce the table to put, to put <laughs> it on. It was that big and that heavy. Um, and I started writing in DBase 2. Uh, and that's just like that. that that's what, that to me, that was my pinnacle. I was like, oh, wow, IBM. And I just went from there on and it was unbelievable after that. I was one of the crazy kids who used to buy the uh, copies of Zzap 64 or one type of the computer things. I type it all the code in every single month and then sit there, spend like two or three days, hop it in and you go to run it and then like errors, fatal errors, left, right and centre. like, but I've copied everything in there. <laughs> two months later, we observed there was a couple of issues with the code. It's like, we're too late now. I wanted to play it two months ago. It was either that, Darren, or you'd spend the next hour very, very frustrating going, I've copied it. Oh, where did that extra comma come from? <laughs> <laughs> Delete comma. Oh, it's working now. <laughs> and then the thing is, though, you'd always run the game and you went, oh, this is a really bad game. I wish I had Next month, I wonder what this game's any better. But you wouldn't know until two and a half hours later. Plus, the screenshots always look fantastic actual gameplay you know back then you were like i'm gonna sue these guys for copyright it is not a fun game at all <laughs> it's, it's interesting just just thinking because like you know it went from you know so the magazines were just being quite print based and then when they started to give the free giveaways you know where you could kind of do your own stuff but then it wasn't really long afterwards then i can't remember which magazine it was but really one of the new ones came out and then we're starting to actually give away actual free commercial games and then but literally, then the market completely changed, and then there were, you know, you couldn't pick up a magazine without a, a free commercial game, and, I, and that's oh, where we are now, really, aren't we? What's it called? Computer and video games two thousand or something like that. That's yep, when the first ever had the floppy disk with the game on, and you were like, yep. "This is a revelation." You mean I just have to put the floppy disk in and click run? Omg, it's like unbelievable, and yet the games are still rubbish. <laughs> some of them were, some of them really but i think it, it was interesting I, th I i just felt it was a, a an interesting milestone and there's a lot of similarities that i you know that were kind of going i, I didn't have this pre-scripted actually so i'm just literally going this off the top of my head but if you think like now where we've got to with music is a really good example isn't it that you know where up until maybe 10 years ago with the iFi, the, well over 10 years ago but back pre-2007 you were still buying you know, well, not maybe cassettes, but definitely CDs. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. vinyl was still a little bit around. And then it did go into people paying for downloads. Yeah. But now with streaming, it's almost, I suppose, the you pay subscription, to, which is equivalent of paying for the magazine. And then you get like your, well, you get unlimited like access to music. But I, it's interesting to see whether that's actually increased it actually increases the number of, uh, increases the consumption of hours or people, I think, I'm answering my own question here, but I think from what I understand is that there's lots of people subscribed, um, but the actual consumption of the artist is not that much more. Um, uh, so therefore, the, and, and the, the pay, what they get paid is, is absolute pittance. Definitely oh, it is. It's something like 0. 0.00001 of a pence yeah. for every stream. But it's interesting you say that, Down Life, to me, always goes like, you know, everything comes round um, yes. in, a, in a circle. Um God, it's a circle of life. Is Elton John going to suddenly burst into song here? But everything does, because if you think about the recent announcement by Microsoft, I mean, yes, Windows 11 was announced today, um, released today, sorry. But if you think about it, they've now said you can subscribe to a cloud machine. 
So yeah. we're not subscribing to magazines every morning because, you know, like a teenager, every Saturday you used to run like mad to the shop because you'd like the latest version of the computer and video game because I subscribed to the service. Then everybody went, oh, I'll get a local machine. Now we're not going to have local machines anymore. We will get a device and it will link to the cloud to run my cloud version of my Windows software. So it's, a, it's amazing how things always seem to come back around again. Yeah, it's, it, it is crazy. I, I think there's pros and cons for it. I, th- I think I think there's, it's great there's so much choice out there in terms of all different sectors. Um, and this, the whole subscription model, the membership model, we're just seeing it just happening now everywhere. Um, and I think for some sectors, I think that's a good thing. I think for others, I, I don't think it's such a good thing. C- certainly for like artists, and I think it's, it's harder than it's ever been to make a living out of it. In fact, it's pretty much impossible. It's, it is impossible. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see where it goes. But then, but yeah, that, you know, poses good challenges for you though, because in the IT sector, you know, with the, as in when it gets more efficient and these new, um, these new different ways of delivery comes out, then that poses new challenges. So I guess that that, that those that gets reflected in the types of things you get asked about now. So it's part of your job would you say is education do you see a lot of your job is education or as opposed to actually just solving the problem it's about kind of it's, like educating to stop the problem it's it's massively education uh darren one thing that i like to feel as though we are different and you know god bless all the other uh, it companies out there um we we do get told we are very proactive so one of the things i remember oh in the very early days of setting up resilience was the, the way that i like structured my pricing model structured my oh there's an earthquake going on in Gemma's house Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, the way that I structured my pricing model and the way that I structured my if you like my maintenance my annual monthly maintenance support is that we would be constantly trying to understand right well that's interesting because Darren's raised this issue with you know software x or whatever it may be and oddly enough in the same department Gemma's also raised that so we have or I have a saying fix it at source. We've identified that the printer is the common cause of the problem and therefore you need to upgrade the printer and that reduces the problems that you have and Gemma had. But if it's something about software, I would constantly sit down with that person and again, as we mentioned a few few minutes ago, I would teach them and go, this is how you are creating this problem. The reason you're creating this problem is because of this. So explain to me what you're trying to do. Ah, Right, have you tried this way? And 90% of people are like, oh my Lord, I never realized I could do that way. But going back to my point, my, this customer was like, so you've now told me how to fix my own problem. Why do I need you? Yeah, you need me for all the future things that are going to happen and how I'm going to help you, re- not revolutionize, but increase the productivity. And yeah, that's a bold claim. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but we working together and again, Gemma, going back to your point, I strongly believe that when I take on a brand new customer, it isn't a one-way street. It isn't me sat there going, Darren hasn't phoned. I wonder if his company's all right. I wonder if his Mac's all right. It's the opposite. And that's one of the things Michelle, my wife, takes an active interest in. We will get on that phone and it's like, hi, Darren, how are you doing? Nothing, you know, no, no problems. Just wondered, how are things? What are you doing? And by getting to talk to those people and understand what they're doing, oh, do you know there's a better way of doing that? Or have you thought about this? And that's the key that this guy, when a very first time, now he's a long-term standing customer, and we do have these lats about these conversations, 
but it's all about helping him grow. And, you know, going back, I was strapped like, IT should just work. Sorry, that's old philosophy. Um, but it should just work. And by getting them to understand how it should work and how it works for them, I think that makes a massive difference. Definitely causes a few arguments because, you know, I don't get the answer. The guy doesn't get the answer straight away. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, but bear with me. I'm trying to understand the root cause. And we have a lot of like and bashing of chests and all that. But typically when I try and resolve that problem, I'm like, that's it. I've fixed now for good. You mentioned about pricing. So just for people out there that you always kind of wonder about how they should use pricing in their um, business, how they should, what, what, mo what model they should pick. So how do you price or how did you, uh, how have you priced your business? Now, there's an interesting point. Um, I think it's value for money. If I take the uh, the lowest common of anybody's job, everybody's good at what they do. You're good at what you do. Darren, you're good at what you do, you do, Gemma. You would quote me what you think. At the time, I came up and I based my price 15 years ago about my plumber at the time. And I was like, how much do you get paid an hour? And he was like, you know, whatever it was back then, 35, 40 pounds an hour. And I went, right, okay, that's what I'll base my prices on. But as I've gone along in my life, I feel that it's not the it's not the amount of money you're paying, it's the level of service. I, you know, yeah. I can definitely know that I've got in the past a cheap plumber, a cheap electrician, and the workload the work shows of that quality. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to pay extra now because I know that I will get that quality from that gentleman. But as we were mentioning a couple of uh, a couple of minutes ago, it's all about building that relationship. I feel as though every customer that I know is, I'd like to call a friend. I think all of the people that I currently have that do DIY, everybody that knows me, I don't I don't do DIY. My DIY is I'll pick up the phone and I speak to somebody who's good at their job. And in the early days, in the early days customer of mine that was a, a, a plumber he didn't have much money i didn't have much money so i ended up looking after his computer for him and it was quid pro quo he gave me free little odd jobs i did his computer and looked after things like that but now i pay him the going rate because i feel as though he's worth it and at the end of the day i do feel as though in any wake of life if you feel that person's worth it then you pay for that so i pitch myself what i think that i am i Definitely not the most expensive, and I'm definitely not the cheapest. But I'd like to believe that it's a good, fair balance. And I always say that my customers, it's a balance. I, if I feel as though I've done something wrong or whatever, I won't charge that extra three hours because it's my own fault. However, on the same process, I'm like, you asked for X, you got Y, this is what you're now going to get out of me. So that's that's how it feels, you know. So it is difficult, Darren, and, you know, certainly in terms of... Um, Oops, sorry, you've all gone. I can still hear you. Oh, yeah. sorry, you're back again. Apologies, <laughs> don't know what happened. Both, <laughs> both your videos went through me. So I still can't see any of you, but never mind, that's okay. Um, where did I go from that one? Yeah, so it's all about the, the quality of, of what they're doing. And I think that's uh, that's key to me. And it's always been that, as I say, in the balance, I think it's it's fair. I, I charge what I feel is fair and touch what I've never had any of the customers tell me otherwise. <laughs> We've got. We're coming towards the end, so we've got a couple of questions, and I've talked yeah. a, a lot. So we're going to hand over to Gemma, to uh, she's got a couple of questions that she definitely wants to ask. Oh, you. definitely. Oh. I've got a definitely got a couple. I think the two for me are: Do you have any like 
questions that you get asked over and over again that you just like get really sick of answering and then the other one is have you got any really like strange experiences or things that have happened obviously without naming any like without naming any businesses but is there anything like that's been really bizarre you've got like a really bizarre it situation uh, that you could what, tell us about great questions Jack. who invited uh, you uh, <laughs> so. that's why they invite us though because i've got those ah, questions darren you didn't tell me about that that's unfair <laughs> uh great questions jen so i suppose I mean, it's 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 not really the answer that you're looking for in terms of the, the the most question we get asked, but it is the one that really annoys me. It's like, it's it's not working. Okay. <laughs> what's what's not working? What's not working. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, again, as you say, without naming anybody out there, um, but they're all they're all being they're all they've all been guilty of it. It's like nothing's working. Okay, mm-hmm. nothing at all. No. So the power's not even onto your monitor. Oh no, that's on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, right. So I suppose it's just the the genericness. I keep saying to people, you don't take your car into the garage and go, it won't go. It's like, well, give us a clue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So one of the things, again, going back to, uh, I was saying about the, the good relationship I have with our customers, a brand new customer, Janet, tends to find us at the start very harsh mm-hmm. because I'd be like, okay, but help us to help you. You cannot just ring me up and go, it's not working. What's not working? You tell us, and it means we have a quicker and better response to you. Uh, you know, so I think it, it, it's always, a, a, again, going back to the word, it's always a balance, mm-hmm. but it's awkward. They just want it to work, and I get it. To them, it's the most self-important. It's like, I've got to get this report out today, and this is not working. But also, it's about understanding. Um, you know, I've worked in many businesses in my life in terms of where, you know, you're on the other end of that phone. You're sat listening to somebody just clacking away at the keyboard. It's mm-hmm. it's it's an awful thing to see, to hear. So you've got to have that open, honest, and go, all right, so Gemma, I know this is an important thing. How's your day been? You know, and what you do find is that question gets better and better and better. And it's not just, it's not working. And oddly enough, at the start of this, when uh, ironically, I seem <laughs> to have some technical <laughs> issues, um, you know, we do get customers ringing us up. Now, yes, I've turned it off, Andy. Yes, I'm the only person experiencing it. Yes, you know, so it's really yeah. good. But the most common is just like so high brow. You know, it's it's just not working, and it's like, what? What's not working? <laughs> uh, your other question, how bizarre, like strange IT situations. I suppose, apart from, I mean, these they're, they're always the obvious ones that seem to come round and round and round. Um, but you know, you tend to fix people's PCs, and let's just say that you come across some material and you get there, I had no idea how that got on there. It must have been my son. And obviously you've got to just, of course it was your son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's the obvious one. Um, I, know, I know the story that's constantly going around about every Thursday the computer didn't work, but we literally had that. It was the cleaner every Thursday pulling the plug out the server and then plugging it back in again. And you do hear that story, um, you know, in different guises, but we generally had that. After about two weeks ago, something's going wrong. You turned up and there's the cleaner happily hoovering away and there's the server (laughs) plug just lying on the floor. Ah, got it now. But I suppose um, I suppose We're looking the one for something a bit more juicy, I think, Andy. Uh, no, I'm not going to implicate Darren at all. He promised, <laughs> I promised Darren that that would never happen. Sorry. 
Uh, I suppose the most recent bizarre one is that we did have uh, a customer. Obviously, through COVID, people were finding different ways to work outside. Mm -hmm. So we had to implement some um, network hardware equipment that was working outside, if you like, in, in little huts or whatever like that. And we did get it. Everything's down, Andy. Nothing's working. Don't understand why. Can you get up there immediately? Luckily, it was just up the road and an awful day, just like today, where it was pouring down with rain mm -hmm. and we couldn't see anything online. Uh, I'm like, oh, goodness me, right, let's go, let's go outside. Let's go to the, the so-called hut of IT or the little, um, it was a, a shipping container that had been um, revamped. And we're like, right, we'll just get the keys. I opened the door and literally just water flooded out of the door. Oh, <laughs> and we were just like, ah, that's, that's that'll be why it. nothing's working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally, my equipment was underwater. Uh, so there's obviously been a leak. Mm -hmm. It got in and it just slowly started filling up the shipping container. <laughs> so like all wow, of it, you know, crazy. I was taking these like uh, I was taking these switches and things and just like shaking water out of them. <laughs> so at least the guy was gently went, ah, that's nothing technical. Really, I went, no, nah, nothing to do no. with me that one. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, that was uh, that was probably the most bizarre one of most recent, where it was just like. Nothing works underwater, I'm afraid. It really doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, thank you so much for your time. Just before you go, in just 15 seconds, tell us what you think the future of IT is going to be or IT support is going to be in five years' time. What are you going to be doing different that you're not doing now, do you think? I think, as we said, Darren, everything is going to be cloud-based. I reckon that in five years' time, I'll come into my office and I will take my phone out of my pocket, I will plug it into somewhere, and the monitors and everything will just light up, and it will just work, because everything's cloud-based. I don't need to have a specific computer. I will just have a device to connect to a cloud, and literally, um, I will just be doing everything on the cloud. I'm sure that's the way that it's going to go. I'll end up doing everything on my watch. Yeah, I, do. It, 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 I think it's a really interesting vision. I think we, kind of the technology is there, isn't it? You see it in the in the, in the movies. And they always say, see the movies first, and it'll come translate into real life. So, um, I yeah, think I'm it, still yeah, I'm still waiting for the holodeck. I'll, uh, Mr. Shatner's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time hey, today. I, I think you deserve a clap. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. It's a very noisy clap as well, but um, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. I think it was a really interesting interview as well. I got a lot of insights into into the IT support world. Um, Gemma, always great to have you. Thank you for asking so many of the difficult questions and putting them on the spot as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gemma. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> My favourite thing to do. Oh, thanks. Remind me never, ever to do this again, Darren. <laughs> No, and pleasure. You, Thank you so much. And you're going to be doing your own podcast show. Do you know? Uh, do you know the details yet, or are you not quite got? Not ready. We are. Ready for we, we seem to be getting there. Um, for those who don't know, um, I run the Heritage website website for uh, <laughs> Mike Reed with your good help, Darren. Um, yeah. So that was very good. And through that, I've been introduced to a person that would like me to do my own technical podcast and lead on to doing my own two-hour radio show every uh, every Saturday. So I'm trying to think of something fun. Do you know, this has been fun. I must admit, it was really good. When I first got your request, I was like, uh, do I really want to do this? But actually, it's been great. <laughs> you both put me at ease. So thank you, Darren. Thank you, Gemma. Yeah. But I'd like to do something a bit different that's out there. I've listened to a lot of tech podcasts. Some of them I really like. Some of them, even I, what you said, after 15 minutes, I'm like, wow, mm. <laughs> it's really boring. 
So yeah. I think I like to come up with a couple of things. I think I've got my tagline of uh, I'm going to be the man with the technical spanner. If everybody knows that you just hit things with a technical spanner and it works. So it's going to be about tech, um, but it's just going to be more about what I believe people want to hear about, like how to automate your home, how to do that thing with that outlook that means that when you've got your Sky account and you move from Sky to BT, why should you, you know, why do you have to change your emails? It, it's things like that. So who knows? It's a three-month trial. I'm very happy to do it. I'm I'm treading my foot in the water. I'm putting my foot in the water, as they say. I know that you're you're an expert now, Darren. You've been doing this for so long. So I might be uh, I might be uh, tapping you for some of those professional ideas. So it, it's going to be fun. It's for a I'm looking over my shoulder here. Uh, something else. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gemma. It was Gemma. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Gemma. And yeah. I'll help you with some questions as well. Well, I think that'd be really <laughs> good, Janet, because yeah, uh, you can you can be my uh, you can be my voice of the public, uh, and you can try and do that. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I've no idea when it's going to go. I have to call the lady very shortly, um, but it's it's exciting. It's you know along with everything else that I do. Why not Why not run my own podcast and radio show? Hey, you know I like I like to do things different. We've got loads of spare time, mm-hmm. so like. Yeah. Just a bit lazy. Yeah, really. we, we, remind me of that thing called time. Oh, by the way, have you invented that 64-hour day? <laughs> it's not far off, is it, at the it moment? Isn't, it isn't. Right, thank you so much. And if you love this um, episode of uh, Like, Click, and Share, please subscribe. Just hit the buttons in um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Amazon, whatever platform that you're on, because there's so many of them, just click on like and subscribe. We're also on YouTube as well, so you actually want to see our, our ugly faces, and of course the, the beautiful Gemma, um, then um, <laughs> insult the guests as well. <laughs> then uh, please head over to um, YouTube, just like search for like, click and share podcast, and we'll be there. And that's it. Um, tune in next time. Um, hit subscribe, and don't forget. And uh, yeah, have have a fantastic week. Speak soon. Bye, everyone. I don't want to